Today on Happy Sack Confused, Kumail Nanjiani on going from stand-up to a leading man, the big sick and Silicon Valley. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to the show. Welcome to uh, a special episode with the one and only Mr. Kumail Nanjiani, a, a very talented and, and hysterical uh, actor and comedian and writer, and he's been having a banner year. Sam, Sammy, have you finished your nerds yet? She, Sammy was just eating, <laughs> eating nerds at a really inopportune time. Lemonade flavored. Well, I'm upset. What? Because... I'm the only one that's supposed to eat this gel candy in your office, and half of it's missing, well, and I think I know who did it. The, the the person that did it, and I think the evidence is in the podcast itself. You'll hear him chew on it. Kumail availed himself of the candy, and that's fine. Thanks, Kumail, for leaving the lemonade-flavored nerds. He did. He went for, I think, like the Nestle Crunches and that oh. kind of a thing. He sounds like an asshole. No, he's not. No, he's just like, he, is, he is not. And that's what the candy bowl is there for, to keep our, our guests wired and happy. Not for you, Sammy. <laughs> and I can't even, like, reach the nerds at the bottom look, look of the at, box. because <laughs> The diet of a 12-year-old. You're drinking Coke Zero, like, nerds. What are the rest of these things? Uh, sour Bites. We've got gobstoppers oh and a big bubble gum for dessert. When you're as old as I am, that's like just <laughs> a recipe for death. That's, <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> that's not going to make it this far. <laughs> that would kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk Kumail. Kumail uh, is, of course, the star and the co-writer, along with his wife, Emily Gordon, of uh, The Big Sick. Which Everyone's obsessed I know, with and, this movie. And Sammy just confessed she has not quite seen it yet. No. But the good news, Sammy, and the good news for the audience out there, is that The Big Sick, after a great run in theaters, it made, like, it, this is like a $5 million movie, a labor of love that uh, went to Sundance. No one knew what it was going to be. Up. Cleaned up. Um, sold for big money and has made, like, $55 million, I think, I don't know if that's just domestic or worldwide, but the point is it's made like 10 times its budget. I'm going to watch it this weekend. It's on Amazon Prime right now. So okay. uh, if you have Amazon Prime, it is available. Or if and- you have your parents' Amazon Prime login. <laughs> <laughs> that's certainly not Whatever Sammy, Whatever you need course. to do, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Bezos, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. she has her own account. Of course yeah, she yeah. does. Um, 30 years old. <laughs> so yes, if you don't know, uh, The Big Sick is uh, very much inspired by the, a true story that uh, kind of how Kumail and Emily um, ended up as a couple together and you know it, it's all kind of in the trailers and the publicity materials so it's not really ruining anything but suffice it to say their courtship and their 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 blossoming love was uh, had an interjection of a uh, of a really serious medical crisis in the middle of it um, and this is a, a really sweet funny uh, smart uh, a movie that um, you know critics loved and and I certainly fell in love with it when I saw it at Sundance so it's been great to see it have this very long life uh, after its debut and it's still going strong even to into a season. So um, a real thrill to have Kumail on. And he's always got a lot to talk about because he, uh, of course, is one of the stars of Silicon Valley. We talk about he's, in, he's knee deep in the new season, talks about... I was going to ask, are they done? Not done yet. They're, mm-hmm. he, he was a bit... I think that's why it was good he was having sugar because he needed a little bit of a sugar boost because he's, oh, he was... he's been shooting the, the show and, and doing double duty and promoting Big Sick. Um, but we talk a, a lot about where the show's at and where the fact that T.J. Miller is now yeah. gone and what that's been like. Um, and we also just nerd out on a bunch of 
you know, nerdy movie subjects. That's so weird for you never do that. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I felt like I know, I know for a fact that Kumail is into a lot of the stuff I'm into. So we uh, had a good opportunity to talk all things, you know, from Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. to Star Wars. Why yeah. not? And then you talked about motorcycles. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yes. Definitely no, no. no car talk. No, no. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the episode this week. The second of three episodes of Happy, Sad, Confused this week. Uh, in just a, a couple days, uh, look out for a conversation. I'll tease it because it's already in the can with um, the second star that we, we've uh, done an interview with for Call Me By Your Name, uh, Timothy Chalamet. So that's uh, on the next episode of Happy, Sad, Confused. But in the meantime, A, I want you guys to enjoy this episode. Yes. And B. B, get some candy out because it's good to have, you have a little candy. Stale candy, candy yeah. yeah. And C, uh, remember to review, rate, and, and subscribe. subscribe. You don't have to do all three, but one or two of the three would be nice. Whatever order you want. Whatever. You can subscribe. I'm not your keeper. Rate, then I'm... review. It's like, this is this is fluid. You can do this however yeah. you need to do it. Yeah, yeah. We're just, look, it's a friendly it's suggestion. Chill. It's, it's chill. chill. It's, it's chill. It's a chill suggestion. <laughs> um, Sammy's watching. She's watching and judging you always. Always. <laughs> um, I just anyway. refresh the, the comments. <laughs> That's right. she, she's watching you. Yeah. She's watching all of us. Um, enjoy this conversation, regardless of your reviewing, rating, and subscribing. Though you'll probably enjoy it more if you've done that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Enjoy this chat with Kumail Nanjiani and check out The Big Sick now on Amazon Prime. Prime. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani is enjoying my uh, Halloween candy. A little late, but it's still fresh-ish, right? Well, I've been eating all the Kit Kats. I'm getting rid of all of them. Um, (laughs) That's your candy of choice? I do love Kit Kats. Um... I will say yeah. that it's it's like melted and reformed somehow. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to look give candy in the mouth, but right. I just Are put you it judging in me mouth, or the Kit Kat manufacturers? I haven't decided yet. <laughs> I'll tell you. I don't think it's the manufacturers. I will tell you that comes my 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 Halloween candy stash every year comes from the Treehouse of Horror swag for Simpsons. What so do you mean? Simpsons every year. No, I know that show. Yeah, they obviously you know that, but like they send out. Swag like a, a nice big bowl of Halloween candy to promote that. Oh, to like everybody, to like the press people and stuff. It's one of the few, as you see, on my silly swag pile. Most of it's crap, but this is actually useful stuff. Yeah, it's this candy. this can keep this can keep guests so wired and excited and happy. You're laying this fully on the feet of Matt Groening. Yeah, Matt Groening does not know is is melting Kit Kats and reconstituting them for you. I don't like it. <laughs> But I'll, I'll take it. It's um, been delicious. I've eaten three of them. Good. Now it's kicking in, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, congratulations for the 12th time along this publicity circuit on, on this. Uh, when was it the first time that you and I well, talked about It was a couple this. random place. I don't know if I actually caught up with you at Sundance. I saw it at Sundance, but I don't think I spoke to you guys there. We, of all random places, I spoke to you in Vegas for this one. That's which right. Is, which is a very random. CinemaCon. CinemaCon. That's what it was. <laughs> that was the first time, which was probably... Like April-ish, I want to say. April, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I yeah. actually enjoy CinemaCon. It's a weird one. I enjoy it from like a, like a coverage standpoint because it's like... You see footage, I right? I see a lot of footage, and that's a fun one. Like I suppose the Comic-Con, because I never get out of that room at Comic-Con, and I never actually go into Hall H oh. and see anything. It's a lot more reasonable than Comic-Con. Comic-Con is yeah. unreasonable. Yeah, it's and it's become more so. Um, you know, also, yeah. I haven't been to Vegas that much, but I went for CinemaCon. I... I like Vegas. It's okay in small quantities. There's well, a tipping point. It's like two, two or three days. You're I'm okay. I'm sure. 
It's sort of like being in an airport the entire time. Oh, yeah. Like stale air. It's, yeah. yeah. And whenever you're eating, there's just like people walking by you, even like super fancy restaurants in there. Yeah. It's just like people constantly walking by you like at an airport. Yeah. I don't know. It's like being inside a giant mall. I kind of liked it. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Um, so you're on the crazy publicity circuit yet again, and now you're now you're getting into the time of year where you're getting all the swanky, the parties, the the round tables, right? The award shows that we didn't know existed. Yeah, Have you- <laughs> that's right. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm a part of some of those groups you, you that don't that- really shouldn't exist but do exist. Yeah, you're in an unenviable position of not knowing what something is, and then the next day really. Being upset that you didn't get it. <laughs> You're like, wait, I didn't get the Portland Best yeah. Actor Award? Yeah. <laughs> and two days ago, I had no idea that existed. And now it's like bumming me out. Have you received any uh, weird statues or, or prizes from any of these organizations you didn't know about? Yeah, we've gotten a few of yeah. them. Yeah. I got a, uh, I, we got a Hollywood Film Award mm-hmm. for Best Ensemble in a comedy, which was f- great. Uh, we got a... I got an indie wire, but that was their first year doing it. By the way, I love indie, indie wire. That's a great yeah, website. No, that's a yeah. legit one. I, I will. Indie wire, Vanguard Award, or something, okay. or no, Artur Award, or Visionary Award. Some really great word. <laughs> You're adding a lot. Wait, are you just like saying this about yourself? None of those are actually in the title. You're like, I think I'm a Vanguard. These or are all the things I am. Or- <laughs> yeah, Kit Kat eater. <laughs> I think so. So we got that. That was cool. Nice. Then we got a San Diego. I got a San Diego from the San Diego Film Festival. Something. So it's, it's a box of rice aroni. It's just yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. It's been uh, it's been great. It's awesome. And are you also getting a chance to do? I've spoken to a, you know a bunch of these folks on the circuit. Like I've had all the call me by your name folks on, and you're basically now promoting that film as much as you're. Yeah, promoting. I've decided that that's the movie I'm going to promote. <laughs> I've been promoting Big Sick for a better part of a year. It's Time to move on to something else. Right. Just call me by your name. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's a great I, movie. I had Stool Bargain, Timothy, and Army in the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, I'm in love with that one too. It's yeah, I know special. all those guys. Those uh, of all the people, like obviously, like with Get Out, we've known Jordan for a long right. time, so obviously know him. But or do going to all these parties and stuff. Yeah. Um, I found that we've gotten to know the Call Me By Your Name people the most. So always excited to see those guys, become friends with all of them. So are you feeling, like, comfortable with – and not necessarily that, that group because that's, like, a, a pretty genial you know, young group. But, like, you're also probably doing these, like, roundtables with, like, these esteemed – you know, actors and whatever that have been doing it for for a while and that are considered the best. That was an Nestle Crunch bar falling into the back into the basket. Just yes. so people know. I want people to know what's happening. Okay. <laughs> um, but like, are you finding yourself comfortable in these kind of new situations that you've never found yourself in before? Um, well, it sort of depends, you know. Uh, what is cool is running into people that you're a that you've been a fan of your whole life, yeah. who's seen the movie and like it. So that's really cool. It's really kind of getting to meet some of your heroes. It's cool. And I find these events, you know, they're, they're not really, they're kind of fun for the most part. Mm. They're not uncomfortable because they're not sort of these, um, there are big people there. But everybody's kind of at least trying to have fun. Mm-hmm. So they're not like generally they haven't been so stuffy. Right. It's tough when it's a few in a row and you're just tired. Yeah. And I'm shooting Silicon Valley right now. So it's been a lot of like 
get up at 5 a.m., shoot a full day, go to these things, get up at 5 a.m. the next day. So that's tiring. But You're like, oh, no, I need to be – I want to be charming for Harrison Ford, but I'm so damn I'm I sleepy. know. Well, you know, with Harrison Ford, it's you can not – You match his, his energy level. Yeah. And it's, it's <laughs> I'll do 20 percent more than you. Um, nice to meet you. But they're actually nice kind you. of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I'm, I'm, I decided I would enjoy it, and I have been enjoying it. Is there, you know, do you generally, like, are you the kind of person, because I, I sometimes think this way, whether it's people that come on the podcast or I meet in my travels, like, oh, I think I'm going to get along with that person. Like, you know, you watch them on TV or in films for years, you're like, I think, I feel like I'm going to, we're going to click. Yeah. Does it generally happen, or do you find yourself disappointed, or have you have there been examples of like, oh, yeah, that actually panned out. I'm actually kind of, I'm texting with xyz person yeah <laughs> i i try not to project too much or feel like um i i try not to expect anything right and when i like meet someone i'm a fan of i sort of i say hi and stuff but then i try and put it in their court like right. i give them an out and i'm like this conversation is now done you always want to get out early like you don't yeah. want to like feel like you're like yeah keeping them from something i give them an end point yeah and if they don't take it then like great then let's talk and maybe become friendly but right when i first meet i at least try to be like and this is the end i'll walk away unless you don't want me to walk away right. um so uh you know it's it's generally everybody i've met has been really nice like i said the call me by your name people are the ones that i've sort of really gotten to know the most. Um, and then, you know, some of these people have been, like, celebrities forever, like you said. So you kind of don't want to, like, invade their space because right. it probably gets invaded all the time. Right. Um, but uh, it's just cool to meet people that have made amazing stuff and be like, oh, they're just a normal person. It's really kind of inspiring, you know? So, so let's talk a little bit uh, background-wise because, like, one of the, the, the cool things... You know, you know, your career has been remarkable in the way it's like kind of like in some ways jumpstarted and restarted in a new way this year. But the, the fact that like, you know, growing up, you know, in, in Pakistan and then moving here about on 18 or 19, like there's no model for what you've become, generally speaking. No, but I don't think there's a model for anybody in this business, right? Like yeah. there's no model for what you do. That's like true. there was no point in your life where you were like, I, I want to be a podcaster that didn't even exist. <laughs> right. But that's what I mean. Like, you know, with a lot more traditional careers, there's like a trajectory that you could sort of trace where you're like, I want to, I, you know, I want to start working at this office and then work up to this and become yeah. vice president, whatever it is. There, there are certain trajectories that people have. I certainly have friends who are like, have that kind of plan. But with what we do, it's really hard to have a plan because so much of it depends on luck, too. Right. Being right place, right time. You can't really plan on being like, I want to be a big Hollywood star. You right. know, nobody can really plan that so so yeah it's it's always been i've never really thought too far ahead like when i first i always sort of think of like the next thing that would be fun to do mm -hmm. that i think i would like to do but i don't really think too far ahead so you know when i was first doing stand-up i was like i just want to host at this at the des moines funny bone like that was my big goal right and and I still haven't hosted what? The, the, Yeah, no, I haven't hosted the Des Moines Funny Bone. I hear Timothy Chalamet got that one. That <laughs> God damn it. 
uh, there was a long time where I was losing every part to Ben Schwartz. So I think oh, maybe Ben Schwartz ben. got it. Yeah, Ben might be listening. He's, he's been great. On a couple times. Yeah. Oh, he's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> he's a friend. Um, but uh, so, so you know, I've always thought of like the next thing that I'm yeah. like, all right, what are my options? What can I do? What would be fun to do? Right. So it was always like that. So it was, with stand up, it was just like, oh, I want to do that show. Oh, now I want to do this show. Now I want to do this show. It was never like. I want to write a movie about my life with my wife and and have it be successful. That was never. It's always like little steps. So there wasn't like if I talked to you like a, a couple of years ago and you were obviously a very prosperous stand up and you were acting a bunch. By then you were already on Silicon. Like you had a very good career going. It wasn't like there was something lacking that you like in your you know at home with Emily. Like you know I I, I feel like I want a shot at being a lead in, in a movie. Like, is that something that ate well, at you or? It didn't eat at me. But by then, a couple of years ago, it was something that I wanted. That was the next thing I wanted to do. Got it. You know? So at that point, yeah. Like, once we, I'd been doing Silicon Valley for a couple of years, I was like, okay, I would love to, at this point, see if I could, if we could write a movie and I could play myself. Yeah. Like at that point, that certainly was the goal. So it's always like one it's sort iterative. of, it's like what the next, what's the next step? What's the next thing I haven't quite yeah, tried yet? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a little like, I never feel comfortable wherever I am. And it's sort of, it's not like, you know, Emily always said you should enjoy your, whenever you, have a little bit of success you should enjoy it more and that was a problem for a long time i wouldn't enjoy it it was always about the next thing i think it's pretty pervasive for i feel that for myself or many people in this business on both sides of it it's just and it and part of it is is why i think we are always reiterating and trying new things it it feeds that but at the same time you can make yourself miserable or at least not as content as you should be right (laughs) right i mean you know everybody like will ferrell probably wants to win an oscar you know and he's the biggest comedy star in the world so jim carrey i mean yes (laughs) jim carrey times a thousand yes yeah 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 so so i think you've never really done because there's always so much to do and when you look at the people you look up to they've done so much i mean you have Posters of like movies by John Carpenter, Robert Zemeckis, and Martin Scorsese. You know, they didn't do just one great thing. They've done many, many, many great things. And you're comparing yourself to sort of the best in the world. And you kind of want to... For me, it's like if you don't want to at least try and do what your heroes did, then I don't know what the point is. At least for me, you know, I'm not one... I was never like, oh, we made this movie. It's really good. We're really proud of it. And got that out of my system, and now it's done. No, it's like, all right, what's the next thing? Yeah. Yeah, now that Daniel Day-Lewis is out of the game, there are more opportunities for you. Yeah, exactly, because that's I'm a Daniel Day-Lewis type. Hey, let's not limit ourselves. The two people I've lost parts to are Ben Schwartz and Daniel Day-Lewis. And <laughs> I'd like so, to see that waiting room for that, yeah. that audition. <laughs> ben Schwartz beat out Daniel Day-Lewis a couple times. <laughs> What were you ever up for leads like in films? Did you come close to any kind of like interesting leading roles? No, I bet not. I don't think so. I think there were a couple times where they're like movies that were like three dudes, you know, right? You know the three dude movies, yeah, like the, that awkward moment movie that, yeah. like, you know, the you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it was a three duder. <laughs> so I think there were a couple times where the, where there were some three duders that I probably got close to being one of the dudes, not the main this is dude. Pornography we're talking about. One just of the to be side clear. dudes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Good. Two dudes. One dude. <laughs> 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 Let's yeah. Um, so, but I don't think so. I think this was definitely a pretty, this was like a big uh, step. This was like sort of a leap. Like, I don't feel like, 
I've really uh, skipped any steps. You know, I started off doing stand-up, open oh, mics, and then doing yeah. yeah, like literally every single thing. You know, writing for a TV show, then being on a show that wasn't that successful, then being on a show that was more successful, then being small parts in movies, then slightly bigger parts in movies. So, so I feel like I sort of worked through the whole thing. But this is still a big leap, and it happened because of Judd Apatow. You know, because Judd Apatow was like, all right. I want to make a low-budget movie. I don't do low-budget, but I want to do it, and I want this guy to be the lead. Yeah. So if it wasn't for that, it would not have happened. So it really was Judd who, who made this happen. And so many people have that story. I mean, Judd, I have such respect for Judd just on, from his own creative work um, and the way he's championed others and, and also the way he just carries himself in life and on social media, et cetera. He's just like a, a good dude through and through. Um, in, the, in the development of this, which I know took some, some time, I, I imagine it's hard to pinpoint like what the best kind of creative note he gave you was but is there something that kind of like stands out that kind of was a guiding principle or something that made you turn a corner on this one you and for you and emily yeah i think you know it was a ton of stuff but i think the most important one that we didn't know was that he was basically like you can make it like emotionally messy and complicated and you don't really have to resolve anything. He was just like, you just have to show people struggling with what they're struggling with Mm. and they don't have to end up in a place where they figured it out. You just have to show that. So to me, that was, for me, it was always like, if we're writing this movie, if I bring up this issue, how do we resolve it? If I bring this up, how do we resolve it? And he was like, just bring it up. Don't resolve it. It doesn't have to be that tidy. It almost feels a little too canned. And Yeah. So, so to me, that was very important. Uh, like, that, that was the one thing. It, was just, it just made me think about writing movies completely differently. Yeah. You know, you just completely different. Like, you obviously want to have a journey for the characters, but the journey doesn't have to end at the destination as long as there's some sort of movement happening that's that's kind of all that matters as long as you just show the struggle so to me that was really um it took a lot of pressure off but it also made it i don't know it just made i think it made the movie a lot better yeah I watched it, I think, for the third time this morning just to enjoy it and refresh. I think on this take, I was like, oh, this is his origin story. This is, <laughs> this is like, unbreakable. <laughs> Kumail. <laughs> Maybe I just always, I, I probably had watched the Avengers trailer just before I watched you. Oh, so you were in that mode. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. yeah, he's become something now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not there yet, but he's on his way there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> So there's going to be another Unbreakable movie. That's exciting. I'm, I couldn't be more excited. Are yeah. you excited? Were you an Unbreakable fan? I love Unbreakable. Yeah. Did you? I mean, I, I saw. I got to see like a press screening for Split, and there was nobody had kn- known at that. Nobody point. knew. See, I knew already. Oh my god! I literally. I don't think there's been another time where I've been in a theater and I've actually said out loud, "Holy shit!" Yeah, people. <laughs> like, was, I literally said that. <laughs> I wish I knew because when it first screened. Everyone was like, oh, my God, that ending, that crazy thing, that crazy thing. And I was like, oh, I don't want to know, but I do want to know. So I found out what it was. So. Oh, you're, you're not strong. What's but going I also waited a long time to watch it. Like, I didn't watch okay. it for, like, a few months. Yeah. And then I watched it on a plane. Uh, I'm happy he's back with some good movies night. I've always been a I've, – I've defended that guy through some – some crap, but he's he's, he's a great director. Yes. You know, he's just. I didn't see the visit, but this is fun. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, okay, so so we're dancing around, but so you know, I think, and I don't mean this as a backhanded compliment, but I think you would agree that like the fact that you you 
are so good in the film as an album. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, like, like you're acting in it, like you're, you're opposite Holly Hunter for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I know that that must've been a source of stress or, or nervousness for you to like hold your own and to hold a screen like this. Um, are you, when you look at the film as I'm sure you've looked at it many, many times now, are you, do you see kind of moments that make you cringe or can you kind of accept like, I did a good job on this. It's both. There are moments that make me cringe and I still can accept, like, I did a good job. You know, there's certainly, like, there's things I learned about acting over the course of making the movie. I remember, like, because it really was, you're working with people who are legends, who are really good, so you're sort of learning from them as you're going. And you're kind of like, oh, man, I wish I could do that scene again last week, knowing what I know now, you know? So it's like... It was a five-week shoot, and I learned so much over the course of it that it felt a little like it's awesome to know. But I'm like, this would have been good two weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> Is but, there an know, example that you can think of? Um, uh, I mean, there were just specific sort of scenes, like specific emotional scenes that I was like, okay, I would approach it slightly differently. Too big now. or too small or too whatever. Yeah, like, or just too... You know, sometimes I think there's, uh, you sort of feel an obligation to go someplace emotionally in a scene. You feel like, oh, in this scene, I want to get like this. And so then sometimes when you're doing that, you're probably trying to get there rather than actually just getting there. I think um, one lesson that I really learned over the course of this was, you can have a little path in mind, but you, it's really important to kind of forget it and then just see where the scene and the other actor takes you. Because the camera can kind of see the wheels in motion sometimes, can see you thinking it through perhaps. Or... Yeah, or, or sometimes, you know, when you... I would just watch movies differently now and you see, like, mo- mo- moments that are really, really moving. Mm. Sometimes the actor isn't really doing that much. And so, so it's a little bit more of like just trust yourself and trust the audience, and don't try and like get to any kind of specific place. Right. Like rehearse it and arc it and know where you want to go, but sort of forget it and trust that um, you and the other actors are good enough that wherever it goes is where it goes. And I learned that from watching Holly. I mean, you know, she would do takes and sort of go to different places each time, and it was. She clearly hadn't planned any kind of path. She was just sort of going where it seemed like the scene was taking her. Um, so that was that was a really interesting, cool thing. And then going back to Silicon Valley with that lesson in mind has been really... Yeah. Even though it's a very different kind of thing, you know, it's really just funny. It's never anything more than that. But being in Silicon Valley, I would like be like, all right, in this scene I start off here, then I end up here. It's, and now this year I'm, a, I'm more like, you know, this is where it seems like I would end up, but let's just see what happens. Are the guys now, like, huddled in the corner and be like, oh, shit, like, Kumail's next level now. No. What, do we, what do we do? What do we do? I mean, he's, we're got, all... he's got the hunter tips. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the hunter tips. Yeah. The other guys, I think, already knew the hunter tips. I was behind everybody else. You know, I mean, Martin's been acting since he was a child. Sure. So good. Um, so it's been, um, it's been interesting. And it's it just, like... I've just been a lot more relaxed acting. And I actually felt over the course of this movie while shooting it, I 
I started feeling more and more relaxed, which was really good. Yeah. Because what can happen is if you're like doing a show like Silicon Valley, for instance, and you have you're shooting two scenes that day, right? Out of four. And you have like five lines in each scene. That's ten lines a day, so you're kind of like thinking about that. What should I do? But when you're doing a movie where you're the main guy in every scene, you're doing so much every day that right. you kind of have to let it go, let go a little bit. Yep. And that was really, really great. That was really, it was exciting to just sort of let go and just do the scenes and see what happens. And also, you know, because we edited it so much and Emily and I were so involved in the editing process, you see like... I can compare how I felt in the scene versus how it looks on screen and understand the correlation a little better. Just like knowing every f- step of the way, yeah. I think it makes me hopefully a better actor. Would you? Would you and em- I know you and Emily are you know constantly asked about collaborating again, and I'm sure you will at some point or, or sooner yeah. or later. Um, would that manifest also? Like, would you guys want to like co-direct it or one of you direct it too? Is that something you guys have talked about? I think at some point I would love to direct. I think certainly, but but right now I'm still having too much fun. Like doing what we did with this movie was kind of perfect. Like I'd love to write more with her, star yeah. in it, because I'm still figuring this out, and it's like not. I mean, it's pretty far from boring. It's just, uh, I still feel like there's a lot more of uh, of this that I that I want to do before moving on to directing. I feel like I yeah. want to I want to do more acting, figure out acting more. I want to figure out writing movies more before I move on to the next step. You know, like we were saying, we're always looking for the next thing. Yeah. I feel like I'm still on this thing. Right. A You're not quite bit. ready to. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm having a great time doing this thing. And there's a lot more things I want to do in this capacity before I move on to the next thing. There must be a sense of relief, too. Or I don't know if you let it kind of get in your head in the, in the making of this film or, or when you were preparing for it to screen at Sundance, et cetera, that, you know, stand up, you can bomb and you can just go right back out and do it an hour later or the next day. Yeah. If this one doesn't work. It's not. It's arguable it's you done. might not get another shot at oh, leading a, a film well, soon. Ever you, you don't know. Yeah, I mean that for sure. But also, you ne- you only get one shot at this story, and this right. is like an important story for me and Emily. We wanted to do a good job, and we knew that if we didn't get it right, this story would just never get told right. You know, so you're not honoring your own story, and how horrible feeling would that? Yeah, be? <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> Um, fucked up someone else's story this time. Yeah. So, so you know, with the career stuff, you couldn't really... I never really thought of it as, like, a career step, you know? Never really thought of it as, like, oh, now I'll be the lead. I'll be able to be the lead and other stuff. Hadn't really thought about that. And yeah. certainly that's an opportunity now that I have, which is great. It's a great byproduct of this. But it was mostly, like... I just want to do, we want to do a good job with this story and I hope yeah. we don't fuck it up. And with stand up, if you're on stage, a joke bombs, you can acknowledge it bombs, right. you can change course, you can make fun of yourself. With the movie, it's kind of done. It is what it is. So if it's bombing, there's really nothing you can do about it. So I'm very happy that it didn't bomb. This film is now part of like the, one of the most very specific subgenres of comedies ever, the, the, the coma comedy. I think mm-hmm. it's you and while you were sleeping, basically. Am I missing any? Uh, well, I guess The Descendants has a coma in it. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Okay, so I was going to say, like, are we going to have to wait another 20, three years for the, the trend to officially be a trend? But no, I guess we're at, we're at trending now. But, but The Descendants isn't as centered on a coma. 
that a no, coma is sort of the inciting of the incident, but to go Sid Field on you and to go, to go like the classic dramatic structure. Yes, this yes. Is, this movie hinges on that. Yeah, Although, this, I guess I guess the sentence kicks off with the coma. It kicks off with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but they don't. Yeah, yeah. What else? There's a. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you would Sleeping call, Beauty. I don't think you can call a coma. That's movie. not a coma. <laughs> that would be that would be very weird. Yeah. Um, um, is is, is Han Solo being in Carbonite? Is that a coma? No, that's and it's not a comedy. There's some funny lines. Yeah, but it's not a comedy. <laughs> There's funny lines and stuff that aren't comedies. Let, okay, let's cast you in some upcoming films because you, you, we haven't even geeked out on like nerd stuff, which uh, you and I could probably spend a lot of time on. Um, we have four more Avatar movies. What's the part you want to play in the next Avatar movie? Uh, listen, I love Avatar. I would love to be, but I don't want to be one of the Avatars. I want to be a human. I don't want to be, you the, want to be a guy in the tech guy. That's a backward step for you, Kumail. I don't want you to don't be, want to be the be like Navi. The... But Sam Worthington, you know, he was the, he got to be human too. Right. Um, I just, because that kind of acting seems so challenging. Where they're like the, sort, the mocap stuff, like the, the balls all over you, that kind of thing. The balls all over you kind of thing. And there's no, <laughs> there's no James form. Cameron talk. Yeah, we're yeah. going to put balls all over you. <laughs> and there's no like trees or anything. So that must be really difficult. But then also, yeah. I bet in post they can tweak the performance in a way that you can't with traditional actors. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like, uh, Planet of the Apes and stuff. So right, yeah. Andy Serkis is is probably as freaked out as the rest of us, but yeah. they spend fifty million dollars making him look like Lawrence Olivier. Yeah, there. yeah. But uh, so yeah, with Avatar, I'd love to play one of the a human person. Then maybe okay. who becomes a Navi? I don't know. Okay, okay. okay. There's an arc over the four films, so you yeah. got plenty of time. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars. What, what do we? What, what do you want to be? Anything. So? <laughs> I would love to be anything in Star Wars. I'd love to be like. Um, like, uh, you know, I love that Riz was in Rogue One, like one of the crew, you know, yeah. I think that would be so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. What, what are the other? Uh, you're a Lord of the Rings fan, right? I am. Yeah. What do you think about this new TV show that they're that just sold to Amazon? Um, I am cautiously optimistic with mm. all this stuff. You know, people get upset at sequels and reboots. I never do because I don't think it affects the I original. I'm, I'm good. I can separate it. Yeah. Even if like, and I hope it doesn't. I don't think it will. But if the new Lord of the Rings sucks, it doesn't affect the older movies. So right. I'm always like more excited. Like, yeah, give me more Ghostbusters. Give me more. Yeah. Give me sequels to this. Uh, and, and if it's great, great. If it's not, who cares? Right. Yeah. So uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. We're about to start our annual rewatch. We watch all three extended editions every season for just yeah, (laughs) celebrate around the holiday season. Yeah, I mean I love those movies so much. It's such a monumental feat. I mean. He hadn't directed really a big Hollywood movie, and then he went in and sold three major expensive blockbusters. Like his pitch must have been so good. <laughs> he just dropped How do you the do mic that? and left the room. They're like, yeah. "I think we have to greenlight it, guys." That yeah. was amazing. Yeah, they're going to be three movies, but they're going to be really good. That's the pitch. <laughs> and by the third one, I'm pretty sure we're getting a bunch of Oscars. Yeah. Just oh my god. <laughs> Uh, so I am excited about that. Um, I'm playing a Lord of the Rings video game right now. Is there so a I'm in Lord that world. Yeah, Shadow of War. It's um, mm-hmm. it's sort of set pre Lord of the Rings. Um, okay. It's great. It's so, before like Sauron has risen again. So you, he's it. sort of there's rumors 
There's rumors of him. They're talking about him in the pub. Have you heard about Is that just all that happens in the game? People talking in a pub yeah, about Sauron? It's very boring, but <laughs> looks beautiful. <laughs> um, have you gone up for like genre stuff? Like, do you have you done like the 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 horrible sixth lead in a Michael Bay movie guy that you know? Because a lot never... of comedians have like you know gotten that role. Yeah, I have not done that, and I have not gotten the opportunity to audition for. Any of those big ones. Like, I would love to be, like, in a action movie or something. I really would. Yeah. I mean, to me, like, being in a superhero movie would be great. <laughs> I'd love to play some sort of, like, superhero guy. Because now these Marvel movies are getting funnier and funnier, you know? Like, Thor was basically a comedy. It was great. It was great. I'd love to be, like, a guy with Thor. Let me find me some obscure superhero, slap a cape on me, and I'll crack wise. I can see it. I can yeah. see it. I, I, I love that the traditional definition of these genres is getting broadened. Like, you know, like, we've never had a superhero movie like Thor, like the new Thor, and, and now we do, so... I think it's great. It's been interesting because improv started in comedies. Right. And everybody loved it. Then kind of people turned on improv and comedies because they were like, it's too much. And now... It's being big, applied to the blockbusters. Yeah, which I think is great. Yeah. I think you, you see it like popping up in big, big blockbusters where yeah. you're like, oh, that was clearly an improvised little moment. You yeah. know, I think it's cool. It sounds like that's what it was... Han Solo was going to be for a second, maybe. Lord and Miller's take. Who knows? We'll never know now. Yeah, but. I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, Ron Howard's is going to be great. But yeah. I, I want to see Lord and Miller's, too. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you are going to get a chance at that, that kind of like a, a running around like a like a, a cop kind of thing, right? Are you and John Cena going to do this, uh, this buddy yeah, cop thing? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, you know, you never know until you're finished with the last day of shooting. Right. But, um yeah, I think John Cena's great. I met him at in Vegas oh, yeah, at yeah. CinemaCon. That's where I met him. That guy's got a, a bit of charisma. Yeah, he's great. He's big. <laughs> he's a big guy. Yeah. Um, and so that that one, the, they're just trying, trying to figure out the script and get it greenlit. Hopefully, yeah, they're working we'll on it right happens. now. Yeah. Um, so so where like where are you at? You're very busy, obviously, kind of like splitting time between Silicon Valley and how deep into the season are you guys right now? Are you? We're about to start shooting episode four. Okay. So I go back this weekend, and the next week we do episode four. Is is the is the TJ Miller discussion still something that that's had? I mean, I know that that, that, that the exit was you know he's he's quite a personality to say the least, and there was you know ruffled feathers perhaps. Um, uh, are people like does it feel just kind of like a new beginning, or all things are, are cool, or what? Things are cool. It feels different, yeah. you know, but it doesn't just feel different because TJ's gone. It feels different because the show's pretty different this yeah. season. If you think about um, what Ehrlich was and his relationship to us, if he's gone, you know, the show kind of changes. Yeah. I mean, we, we live in his house and now he's gone. What happens there, you right. know? So the, it feels different because this is the most different season we've done. And also with TJ gone, now all our relationships are a little different with one another, right. you know? So uh, it feels great, though. I think it's good. You know, listen, I'm sad to see TJ go. He's still one of my best friends. And I, I think Ehrlich was a, is a fantastic comedic character. Yeah. Sad to see him go. But, you know, he's going to do great stuff. And I hope I get to work with him again at some point. I'm sure I will. But it does force... Com- comedies can sort of get into... 
rhythms and formulas. Right, which is and the death of comedy. Yeah, and yeah. something like this, I think, will really kind of forces you to reinvent yourself. And that's what the show's done this season. So that's not that that part is not so bad. You know, in keeping with the theme of Silicon Valley and the kind of the, the you know the geek world kind of stuff we were just talking about of like superhero and fantasy stuff. Like I, I'm sure your your mind's been boggled in recent years where like for me like all the stuff that I grew up worshiping is now like the most pervasive part mm-hmm. of pop culture. This isn't going to be a bubble, is it? Is this going to be like the Western or the hula hoop where it's going to pop at some point and like we're going to have to be nerds that are hated again? Or are we ruling for the rest of our lives? <laughs> that's interesting. Somebody was telling me cowboy movies with the big movies. And that's because, uh, you know, we sort of didn't have it was sort of like smaller towns and stuff. And that's what cowboys did. Okay. Then it became cop movies as we'd gotten to urban centers. There were more bigger cities. So sure. cop movies became the dominant one. And he says, now we're in a global world. Everything's connected. Everyone knows where everything is. And, where, and so now it's super cinematic universe. Everything yeah. Has it. yeah. Yeah. And, and superheroes are sort of like the global cops, you know. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I don't think... But but it is strange that the default blockbuster is now superhero movies. It's crazy. There are so many of them. And there's good ones. I think I think it'll, it won't sustain this level of quantity. But I think I think they'll stay. And I think, you know, it's, it's going to become a respectable genre. It already has. But I think what, as we were saying with Thor, what yes, Marvel's it, been really good at... They have to... Yeah, they've done a good job where there'll be like ones that are more like sort of like Indiana Jones. Like I thought Guardians of the Galaxy is sort of an Indiana Jones yep. vibe to it. It was yep. like an adventure movie. And then, you know, uh, Winter Soldier was like an espionage movie. Right. Uh, so they're sort of doing different g- uh, genre takes with these, you know, so, and I think that's interesting. So I think, I think it's just going to broaden the definition of what a comic book movie is and it'll just be like one of the genres of movies that we do that right. that can be a lot mm-hmm. of different things have, have you caught up or are you going to catch up with justice league yet i haven't seen it yet man i really want to see- <laughs> i mean it's worth seeing just because it's amazing that there, a justice league movie exists yeah but uh it's a it's a yeah, i don't know it's a problem <laughs> i mean i'll say it i mean you haven't seen it you, you, you i haven't seen you it but it's 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 a it's a weird one it's tough it's a tough one <laughs> i wanted to like it i go in with the best of intentions and it's just uh you know, as has been well reported, they need to just figure out what they're doing. It feels like they're all over the map at DC. Just, yeah, I need one. to see. I thought Wonder Woman was great. Oh, it was great, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I saw that There's twice. Um, and uh, James Wan's a good director, so maybe he can make something out of Aquaman. That's oh, he's doing Aquaman. He did Aqu- they he's already great. shot it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they already shot it. So that's interesting. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, it's always interesting when they're sort of bringing characters that we know, like people know Batman and Superman, versus someone like Aquaman, where they they know what he is, but they don't really have an image in their head. They know Superman in their head is pure, and Batman in in their head is dark. Right. But Aquaman, people don't know. It could be anything. You know, like Flash, I heard, is like, he's like sort of a wisecracking funny guy in this. Yeah, he's he's actually probably the best thing. Ezra's, again, has Christmas to spare, and he's got a lot of the fun lines. Feels like all the Joss Whedon stuff is in his mouth. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah, they're, they're highlights, but it's... You know, inarguably a mess and all. Yeah, but I'm going to see it. I've sort of been trying to see these smaller awardsy movies to like support smaller yeah. movies. And also, you know, you run into these people at these things we were talking about. So you kind of want to be like, hey, I saw your movie. Uh, seen anything besides Call Me By Your Name that we should uh, help promote besides your own wonderful film? I thought Disaster Artist was great. So good. I was so late uh, to The Room. I literally only saw The Room like two weeks really? ago. Really? The Room's great. It's amazing. The room's, room's really amazing. <laughs> um, I saw Battle of the Sexes. That was great. Mm-hmm. I saw Last Flag Flying. That was really that good. good. Okay, cool. 
Yeah, really good. Really, uh, they're so good in it, all three of them. Yeah, it's so good. Um, three billboards, I would recommend. That's a good one. Um, I'm trying to think uh, what else I've seen. I haven't seen Lady Bird. Want to see that so one? Good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to sort of work through and see all. Of, I, I can't wait to see Shape of Water. That's the that's one that I'm really excited about. It's pretty special. You saw it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Guillermo's, you know, he's the the kindest man on the planet. I'm sure you've run into him at some of these things. Yeah, I don't really know him that well. He'll give you a hug regardless. Even if he doesn't know you. <laughs> <laughs> Just pretend like you know him, yeah. and it'll be fine. Um, you know, it, it's good to catch up with you, man. I know that, like, as we joked at the beginning, like, this film has had a long run, and it continues, and it's, look, hopefully it'll continue through this award season, too. It's it's uh, now available on Amazon. Amazon, Amazon Prime, Prime right. yeah. So if, you have a, if you're a Prime member, it's free. I've seen it three times at various different places in my life, and towns and, and, <laughs> and, and methodologies so it always works whether it's on a big screen or a small screen if you haven't caught up with it by now it's okay all is forgiven there's still time there's still time people are like i'm sorry i'm so late to this like no you're not late <laughs> thank you for watching and i'll tell you listen this is gonna sound arrogant obviously i'm not the most objective guy but i do think it gets better on rewatch too, I, I I think you sort of notice more about the relationships yeah. and the characters because all the little stuff we put in there when you when you, you sort of don't think about it when you're first watching it and as you watch it more, I really think uh, it reveals itself in new ways. I would agree, oh, dude. You, you can say that you're a, you're a visionary and a vanguard. <laughs> it's, it's been a it's, uh, visionary, it's official. vanguard, and uh, Kit Kat new eater, best auteur. I think I said auteur. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so many adjectives. Uh, auteur. I think it was the Auteur Award. IndieWire. Was it the IndieWire Auteur Award? You San Diego. San Diego Auteur Award. Very nice. Okay, what was the IndieWire one? The IndieWire one? Was it Vanguard? No, no, but there's a, you've also got the Santa Barbara Virtuosos Award. Virtuoso! <laughs> That's so weird that your, your inner voice I can actually hear. Like, yeah. it actually manifests. Like, I can hear you talking to yourself. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Virtuoso Vanguard Auteur and podcast guest on Happy Second yes. most importantly um, always good catching up with you man congrats thank again. you for having me and so ends another edition of Happy Sad Confused remember to review rate and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts I'm a big podcast person I'm Daisy Ridley and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh <laughs> 